um, an inclusive and mission-minded congregation committed to be a place for everyone as we welcome, grow, serve, and celebrate together. Um, and I give thanks that you have chosen to come inside and spend this time with us when we have one of those rare Mississippi weekends where the weather seems just perfect. Uh, so I give thanks that we get to be in this place together this morning. I only have a couple of announcements to point out. One, just a reminder, if you use the Gives Plus mobile app, that app um, is being retired, and Vanco is replacing it with a new app. If you use that app, you should have received an email for them already, but another one is going out September 15th. You'll have to download the new app. Your login should be the same. Your recurring payment, re- recurring gift should be the same. i got to quit saying payments. That sounds terrible. Your recurring gift should be the same. Um, if you make a new gift, you may have to enter information again um, for a new gift, but not for your recurring one. But there's information about that in your bulletin. If you have questions, please come and see us. Um, secondly, we are attempting to try and provide some Wednesday night fellowship opportunities. We know that those events, um, a time to fellowship, but also a time for intergenerational ministry is important within the life of our church family. Um, I do have sad news. Um, Louise Johnson, because of some family commitments, not just with her family, but also with Wayne's, she just does not feel she is in a season of life where she can commit to preparing those meals. Um, So just join us in prayer and discernment over how that may look going forward. And please just send Louise your words of love and thanks for all the ways that she has so lovingly not just prepared those Wednesday evening meals, but prepared um, all of our fellowship time meals when we come together. But this is our attempt for Wednesdays coming up. This Wednesday, all of our youth and under are having some goodbye summer pool parties. They're done by um, age and even gender for our youth. You can see the information for that in your bulletin. Um, uh, dinner will be provided, and you can see where, where, you, where each, each age group goes. Adults who are not participating in any of those pool parties, you are free to join me here on the lawn at 545. Sorry, I will not have a pool. I do have a baby pool. I can blow up if you desperately need one on Wednesday night. But join me on the lawn at 545. It'll be a bring-your-own brown bag dinner. The church will have a table set up. If you could throw a chair in your car, that would be helpful. And the church will also have um, drinks and desserts for you. So pick up a brown bag dinner. Um, come and join us at 545. Um, and then everyone will come back together the next week on the 22nd for a dinner on the lawn. Again, at 545, bring your own brown bag dinner. Um, we're going to do this through September and then reevaluate in October to see um, what best meets the needs of our church and our church family. But there's info about that in your bulletin if you want to take time. Ask us any questions you may have. Um, good news, our East Flora connection. We have recorded 25 books, but there is still time if you want to record yourself reading a book. So the teachers at East Flora Elementary may have a different way to engage with the kids since we're still not allowed to go in and read with them. Um, contact Allison Jordan, and you can be a part of that. And then finally, notice... We've added some bridge opportunities for our 5th and 6th graders. Mark those dates on your calendar. Um, and then engage. We'll meet tonight from 5.30 to 7. As always, please take time to read through our bulletins. See all that's going on within the life of our church, how you may be involved, and take time to read over those prayer concerns. But now, let us prepare our hearts and our minds to worship God this day.
Will you please stand, take your bulletin, and join with me as we have the call to worship from a portion of a portion of Psalm 146. And you're in the bowl. God of our hope, you always do what is right, bringing justice to the oppressed, food to the famished, and sight to the blind. You protect those who are weak and subvert the plans of evil people. Praise wells up from our inmost selves, and we join the chorus of all whom you have redeemed. We praise you, O God of Shalom. Please take your hymnals and turn to hymn number 203 as we continue worship by singing Hail to the Lord's Anointed, hymn number 203.
Old Testament reading today is found in Isaiah chapter 35. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For water shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp. The grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there, and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. and forward for children's moment. <laughs> Over the past few weeks, we've been talking about some people from the Bible who had a certain job to do. Um, can anybody tell me who was the person who led the Israelites out of Egypt? Moses. Moses. Very good, Will. That was his job. What about the person who was supposed to build an ark for all the animals? Noah. Noah. That's awesome. I learned about Noah at MRA. At MRA? That's good. He did a big ship. That's good. What a great. What about Goliath? Does anybody remember whose job it was to defeat Goliath? David. David. Man, you are two for two. All right. And then, of course, Jesus 
everybody knows that he died on the cross for our sins, but do you know what one of his other jobs was? I'll give you a hint. Thank you for the pumpkin. What do y'all think of when you see this heart? Love. That's right. Jesus' other job was to show us how to love. So, and then we're going to talk about John the Baptist today. So John's job was to come and prepare the way for Jesus to come along. So he came and reminded everybody how to love just like God loves. And he even told the king that the king needed to love just like God loves. The king didn't like that too much, and he put John in jail. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Um, we're going to read a story from the Bible here about that. Friends, John the Baptist whispered through the prison bars, I want you to take a message to Jesus. Jesus' disciples stepped closer to hear John's message. I've heard that my cousin, what my cousin Jesus is doing. He's healing the people who are sick, giving hope to the poor, teaching everyone who follows him. Please go and ask him, are you the one we've been waiting for? Are you the Messiah, the Son of God? Then one of John's disciples rushed up to Jesus and said, Jesus, John sent us. We, we have a question. Are you the Messiah? Are you the Son of God? And Jesus turned to look at John's disciple and smiled and said, Go and tell John all the things that you've seen. The blind can see, the deaf can hear. People who couldn't walk, they're dancing. People who, ha who are poor, they have hope. I come to bring God's blessings. And then Jesus turned to the crowd and said, Don't forget, John the Baptist is the prophet and the messenger. God sent John to tell all the people to get ready. Because of John, y'all are ready to meet me. So, when John was in jail, he was really, really sad. He wanted to see that the work he had been doing um, mattered, that the people were ready to see Jesus. So he, he, uh, he sent his messengers out to see. And the, what did Jesus reply? He answered, well, look at all the love that is in the world. Blind people, I'm able to heal the blind um, and heal the sick, and everyone is rejoicing. So we want to be able to look out into the world and see God's love. So I've got a big heart here with the word love written on it. What are some of the ways that we see love or share love in the world? What could you do? What could you do to love somebody? What's that? Hug people. That's a good answer. What about this right here? Peanut butter. We can, we can give peanut butter and feed those who are hungry. So I'll write those down. Hugs. Anybody else got one? Care, show people that you care about them. Connect with them, absolutely. Kiss people, maybe so. Absolutely, more and more hugs. Another thing we can do is listen to people. If we have a toy, we could share it with someone. Go ahead. 
that's very good. You could care about a family, um, even if they had a loss in that family and someone who had died, we could show them some love. That's very good. Um, and care about people who get sick. That's a great way. So let's wrap things up with a prayer. And then y'all get to go upstairs with me and Lindsay. Hey, boys, let's listen up. Let's pray, okay? Hey. So repeat after me, please. Dear God, thank you for John, who taught us to love. Thank you for Jesus, who showed us to love. Please help us love each other. Amen. All right, guys. Let's head up. Rick, can you start that over? It didn't start in the beginning. So sorry. Thank you. Shackled by a heavy burden Neath the load of guilt and shame. Then the hand of Jesus touched me, and now I'm no longer the same. He touched me. Oh, he touched me, and oh, the joy that floods my soul, something happened, and now I know he touched me and made me. Since I met this precious Savior, since he cleansed and made me whole, I will never cease to praise him. I'll shout it while eternity rolls. 
he touched me. Oh, he touched me. And all the joy that floods my soul, something happened, and now I know he touched me and made me whole. He touched me and made me whole. Thank you. have been going through this dive in series and following the story of the people of Israel. Um, and I'll admit it was kind of hard to find that transition point, um, making the way from the Old Testament to the New Testament and what character or figure we could kind of move with. Um, but as you could tell with Children's Moment, kind of settled on John the Baptist as we kind of move from um, the Exodus event to the time of the kings and the prophets and then moved in to the time of Jesus. And I've got a couple passages I want to share as we think about John the Baptist. The first comes from Zechariah, his father's song, as he regains the ability to speak after he was muted by the angel for not believing what the angel had come to share. So he's given words again, and he sings this beautiful song about Jesus coming and about the gift of his son and what John the Baptist will do. And then we'll jump ahead a little bit. In his life and John the Baptist's life and look at a different place Um, but first from Luke 1 starting at verse 67 then his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke this prophecy blessed be the Lord God of Israel for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them he has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham, to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness, before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. The child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day he appeared publicly to Israel. Now we're going to jump ahead um, in the life of John the Baptist where he's been doing his ministry. Jesus kind of goes one way and does his his thing. John the Baptist continues his. And then later on, um, we find him in prison. So this is Matthew 11, beginning at verse 2. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? 
Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. This is the word of God. For us, the people of God, thanks be to God. So you'll notice um, the title of the sermon is, uh, Are We There Yet? I feel like that's a question we have either all asked ourselves or we have heard um, being asked to us, especially as parents. We get that quite often on travels. And actually, as parents, most of the time when we're asked that question, Are We There Yet? Um, The answer is no. We're not there yet. We've still got a while to drive, or we're just stopping to get a snack, or take a break, or stretch our legs. But eventually, eventually, the answer is yes. We have arrived. We are there. And then the question may change. The question may change to not, are we there yet, but is this where we were going? Maybe if that becomes the question, um, we haven't done a good enough job of kind of telling where we're headed, or it's just not quite what we thought it would be. It's not what we expected. It doesn't look like we thought it should look. I want to take you back for a minute to our Summer at the Movies series, and we were going through the Pixar movies, and we had that Sunday when we looked at uh, the Disney Pixar movie, The Incredibles. Now, we shared the scene in worship where the superhero, Mr. Incredible, hiding as Bob Parr, um, he's having a really bad day. Um, Not only does he hate his job, but his boss boss makes his job um, even more despicable. On top of all of that, he's forced to hide his true identity as a superhero so he can't even live into his calling to help people. So he arrives home on this horrible day, pulls into his driveway, gets out of his car, almost falls on a skateboard that his children have left in the driveway, and as he does, he kind of grabs his car to catch himself, um, and he bends the roof of the car. Remember, he's a superhero with super strength. So he looks at the destruction of his car and just goes to shut the door, but the door will no longer shut, and it just bangs. So he's frustrated, he closes the door a little bit too hard, and the window shatters, and the glass falls to the floor. Remember, he's a superhero, a superhero in hiding. And as he finally closes the door, smashing the window, um, he's just beside himself with anger, with frustration, with disgust. So he picks up the car, holds it over his head, and is ready to throw it across the street when he looks, and the little neighborhood boy is behind him on his tricycle with his eyes wide and chewing 
of bubble gum. So he kind of nonchalantly puts the car back down, goes inside, and hopes the kid just thinks maybe it was a dream. So this is the scene we showed in worship a couple months ago, if you remember. But there's a scene um, a few, a little ways down in the movie where this kind of all gets set up again. Mr. Incredible, Bob Parr, he's coming home again after a long, hard day. He exits his car, closes the door, and something catches his attention. So he turns, and he sees the little boy on his tricycle once again. He gets a little annoyed, and he asks the neighborhood boy, Well, what are you waiting for? The little kid looks up and says, I don't know. Something amazing, I guess. And Mr. Incredible, in disappointment, kind of says, Me too, kid, and walks in his house. Are we there yet? Is this where we were going? What are we waiting for? I don't know. Something amazing, I guess. I kind of hear these words um, in John the Baptist this week. John the Baptist, born into this long story of God and God's presence within God's people, um, a story that we have been moving through with Moses and Aaron, Deborah and Gideon, Samuel and Hannah, Jeremiah and Ezekiel, born into this story that says a time is coming, a Messiah is coming to repair all that has been broken in our lives, in our systems, in our world, to reconcile and to make new. As Zechariah, John's father, says, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. So John the Baptist enters this story, and he enters the story as a pretty prominent figure. I mean, he will be the prophet of the Most High. He will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to prepare us to receive Jesus, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of sins. So when we get to the Gospels and we read about his birth, um, his parents, Elizabeth and Zechariah, but then all of a sudden, kind of just like Jesus, he's all grown up, living around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near, he says. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I'm not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And then one day, Jesus shows up. He baptizes Jesus, and the story turns toward the work and ministry of Jesus. But we do hear about John again in a couple of places. He continues his ministry. He speaks truth to power, um, King Herod to be exact, and he ends up in prison. And this is where he sits in our scripture reading from Matthew today. He's in prison, awaiting at the least torture, but probably death. He hears about Jesus. He hears about what the Messiah is doing. And so he sends his disciples to Jesus to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? 
are we there yet? Is this where we were going? Has what I have been announcing actually come to pass in the ministry and person of Jesus? I've spent my life preaching. It's coming. He's coming. But now, in prison, waiting on probable death, I wonder, are we there yet? Is this where we were going? Is this all there is? I feel like John finds himself in that place of the little boy in The Incredibles. What are you waiting for? I, I don't know. Something amazing, I guess. What's interesting in this story is Jesus doesn't send John the Baptist this confident, um, confirming, strong, yes, I am the one. Instead, he asks the disciples of John, look around. See what's happening. The things John can't see as he sits in prison. The amazing things. Blind people, seeing lame people, walking deaf people, hearing lepers being cleansed, dead people being raised, poor people getting good news. Tell John what you see. Tell John the amazing things happening. Let what's happening be the answer. Now, we know what happened to John. I feel like he was a man without a miracle, kind of languishing in prison before he was beheaded by Herod. So exactly what do the scriptures promise us? Are we there yet? Is this what we are waiting for? You know, throughout this dive-in series, um, we've kind of used the story of the people of Israel, the story of the people of God, um, to acknowledge, one, uh, that we live in hard times, um, tough times, times that are a lot. And we've looked at stories and scripture of individuals of faith who lived during hard times as well, who also carried a lot. And they just found a way to make that next fateful step. So today we sit with John, and we acknowledge that with John, sometimes we wonder, we question, is this what we're waiting for? Are we there yet? Is this it? And I think there's times in our lives and there's times throughout history where it's easy to kind of stay in that place. But we can't, one, because it's not healthy, um, but two, our story of faith won't let us. Um, we hear John's question, and we get it, we feel it, but we also find something else as well. I don't know how closely you are paying attention as we read through um, a lot of scripture this morning, but all of our passages, every single one of them, they remind us of who our God is and how our God chooses to be present in the world in the midst of the brokenness. We find a God of tenderness and love, not only in these passages, but other places in Scripture, a God who kind of befriends us in our questions, in our prison cells, in our own brokenness. 
And not just that, but Scripture today reminds us of those persons in the world who were on the margins, easily forgotten by the rest of the world, but who are remembered by God and therefore should be remembered by God's people. The blind, the lame, the sick, the deaf, the dead, the poor, the thirsty, those with feeble hands or weak knees, those with fearful hearts, places of scarcity. These are the places that God inhabits and moves. You know, if you look at chapter 11 in Matthew, that chapter in the gospel that we read from, it does begin with John the Baptist in prison, yearning to hear of the works of Jesus. But it ends with these words of Jesus, pretty familiar words. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest. For your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, having those words kind of encapsulate this chapter that begins with John in prison, um, ends with these words, you can't help but wonder if Jesus had John the Baptist on his mind as he spoke these words. Come to me, release your burdens, find rest, join me in this work, Learn from me and be a part of something amazing. There's an Indian author, Arunate Roy, um, that has this quote that has always kind of helped me think through uh, the work of God in the world in and through Jesus, in and through us. She says this, Not only is another world possible, she is on her way. On a quiet day, I can hear her breathing. What we believe as a people of faith, as Christians, is that Jesus ushered in another world. That Jesus continues to usher in another world. Another way of being in the world. And we as disciples of Jesus Christ, well, we are summoned to play a part in it. How might we be church in this season? A question we have lifted for the past three to four weeks. Well, we can be a people who speak a blessing. We can be a people who speak hope. We can be a people who foster trust and speak truth. We can bloom where we are planted, even when it is a hard place. All things we have named the past few weeks. And we can look for the signs of God's redeeming work happening all around us through the power of the Holy Spirit and give thanks that we get to be part of something amazing. You know, it's interesting to have this story and these words as we just went through a weekend, or in a weekend, um, that remembers a huge tragedy within the life of our country. It's encapsulated by those words, or I feel like it is, never forget. Um, You see them everywhere. Um, I know, I don't know how you could forget. I remember where I was when it happened. I remember where I was for the 10-year anniversary. I'm pretty sure I'll remember where I was for the 20-year anniversary. But something that sticks with me um, 
that I think about a lot and kind of have time, have trouble making sense of, are those words, never forget. Because I struggle with, what is it that we're not supposed to forget? What's the so that behind that? Never forget, so that. Is it that we never forget the trauma and pain of that day? I, I don't know if that's healthy. Is it that we never forget that we aren't truly safe, so we do all the things to be safe? I don't know that that's healthy. I do think for sure it's that we never forget those who lost their lives in such a, in such a tragic way, especially the over 300 firefighters who gave up their life just trying to save people. But I had this conversation with my daughter on the way to school Friday because the radios were kind of living into the moment. Never forget was all over the radio. And I said, I just, I struggle with, what is it we're not supposed to forget? And then on the way home, it was interesting because they were interviewing, um, it's a teacher who has previously served in Afghanistan that teaches a class on September 11th because for him, the story needs to be passed on, especially those for who weren't born and don't know about it because they should never forget. So this caught my attention. I was like, okay, what does he see as the point of making sure everyone knows his story? What was interesting to me is while he talked about September 11th and that that story should be told, what he really kept saying was what he didn't want to forget was really September 12th and the kindness he saw and the world and the world coming together and the U.S. coming together and the United We Stand and people being nice to him on the subway and opening doors and everybody using this big cataclysmic thing that happened to put things in perspective and remind us we really are all in this together. I wonder if that's what Jesus was trying to help John understand or to see, is to never forget that there is love and kindness and good and amazing things happening all around us, even in the midst of all the heavy, weighty stuff. Or, as one of my friends posted, talking about the day, they said this, so many emotions, which is very true, God bless all the families who lost someone. God bless all who rose above the ordinary to show that evil never gets the last word. Go and tell John what you hear and see. Things are breaking out of the ordinary to show that evil will not have the last word. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have good news brought to them. Go and tell that we believe in a God who says that evil will not have the last word. And he does it through some truly amazing ways. Amen. As we move into a time of prayer, we do remember those who this weekend um, is a time of trauma and pain and loss. Um, we hold them in love. And you remember those within our own church family um, who just need to be surrounded by love, by healing, and by comfort. Um, there will be space in the prayer for you to lift up names of those you hold heavy on your heart and mind this day. Um, and we also have a response when you hear 
Lord, in your mercy, your response is, hear our prayer. When you hear, Lord, in your mercy, you may respond, hear our prayer. But now, let us go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Holy God, your prophets have long spoken of the one who would come to save us. Now the promise is fulfilled. Now your kingdom has come near. As we gather in this time of worship together, we invite you, send us as the messengers of your way to go and tell the world of the wonders we have seen, the good news we have heard through Jesus Christ. We gather in this space coming to you as those who know you hear and receive our prayers. We pray for the church throughout the world and for all the ministries that build up the body of Christ, that in our many vocations we may serve to your glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for this nation and for all nations, especially for those whose hearts are heavy during this weekend of remembrance. We remember especially those who are victims of political and social injustice. We pray for elected officials and all leaders that they will govern with courage and equity. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all in need, for the sick, the destitute, and the dying, for strangers in our land, for the invisible ones, for the elderly and children, for parents and grandparents, for those who live alone and those who live lonely in the midst of families. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We remember with mercy those who sleep without shelter, cold and vulnerable, lacking enough food, those who are overworked, and those who have no work. Stir up in us the capacity to see ourselves in their struggles and to act so that others may have life abundance. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for this community, for our neighbors and friends, and for, for those with whom we study and work. Guide and strengthen all people in our common life to know the gift of your grace and love. God, there are those that we hold heavy on our hearts and minds this day. And so now, in your presence, we lift, either silently or aloud, their names to you. Melody Musgrove, Angie Williams. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We give thanks for the saints who have gone before us, asking that our gratitude for their witness be apparent in all that we do. 
May all that we ask and all that you see is needed in our world be given to your people. Through Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. closing hymn is found in your bulletin. It's called um, The Summons, a reminder that we are called to be a part of the amazing work of God in our world, but that it is hard, and we have to kind of open ourselves up, not just to receive God's calling, but to receive God's Holy Spirit working in and through us. So I invite you to stand together at the summons. It's found in your bulletin. reminder that our basket is in the back. We're not passing the offering plate, but we do hope you remember us in your gifts, your tithes, and your offerings so that we can 
continue to be a church um, that does God's amazing redemptive work in our community and in our world. I'm also reminding you that our small group posters are around the sanctuary. Our clipboards are in the back. And, and if I could get every adult to be as excited as the youth are to sign up to do things in the church, it would be a great day. So go look back there, pray over how you can dive in and be in part of the mission and ministry of Parkway Hills as we slowly and cautiously um, put things back into place. And one last thing, Zach and Amanda Hamilton, um, this morning in the 830 service, they joined our church family, transferred their membership from Cross States United Methodist Church. They're also on staff here. They're the ones who clean this place for us. Um, so be on the lookout for them. Welcome them into this church family as you see them. But now... Let us share this benediction. We used it last week, and I just thought it was lovely to say to one another, so we're going to use it again. I invite you, let's say these words one to another as we go forth into a new week. May the love of God help you to bear all things. May the love of Christ help you to believe all things. May the love of the Holy Spirit inspire you to hope all things, so that you abide in faith, hope, and love this day and forevermore. Let us go forth to love and serve our Lord. For a safe place to explore faith, or if you'd just like to learn more about this community of faith, we'd love to hear from you. Please reach out to any member of our staff with prayer requests, needs, or questions, or just to find out how to join our church family. Now may the love of God surround you. May the love of God uplift you. May the love of God stand with you through the challenges ahead. May the love of God convince you in 